spring came and it was time for Michael to leave for Chicago. Maybe I should stay until Mother gets better. No, you have great opportunity available to you in Chicago. You need to go. I'll take care of your mother. She'll be fine. Ah, uh, okay, Michael Jr. said with a look that told his father he knew this, that this wasn't true. Michael sometimes forgot that his son was no longer a child. Now a full three inches taller than he was, Michael Jr. had grown into a fine young man that any father would be proud of. The family had managed to get together enough money to buy two third-class tickets to Chicago, and Hans and Hazel had put together some dry sausages and bread to eat along the way. Michael Jr. and Raven decided to meet down at the depot before they left. They both agreed that Raven would say goodbye home to Toby and Autumn. Both Toby and Autumn were aware they were seeing their daughter for the last time. If for any reason their paths happened to cross, she would ignore them completely. In fact, she would probably cross the street to avoid them. Raven was moving into white society. She was passing. To acknowledge that she even knew Toby or Autumn might give her secret away. The train came out of the depot ready to take on passengers. It was loud and impressive, with its engine belling out black smoke and soot. The soot covered the ground, and when the wind blew in the right direction, it covered the tenants mints like a gray snow. The first class car had separate dining and sleeping cars. The well-tailored ladies and gentlemen were served by black waiters who appeared to dance around the cars as they served steak and oysters on china plates placed on a linen tablecloth. At least that's how Michael imagined it from the pictures he had seen in magazines, for curtains covered the windows. Michael Jr. and Raven passed the first-class cars and also passed the cars for the second-class passengers. Finally, climbing onto the cars, they carried the third-class passengers. There were no curtains on these windows. The only seats in the cars were hard wooden benches with wooden backs. There was a stove that could be used to cook food and a common toilet. Michael Jr. chose a bench near the back of the car and had Raven sit near the windows with Boston in between them. As he sat down next to Raven on the outside of the bench, he reached down and felt the knife that Toby had given him. It was in a leather sheath that hung around his belt. Do you have the knife Toby gave you? Noticing that his father spoke way louder than he needed to, Michael Jr. smiled slightly. Yes, father, as he parted his jacket slightly to show him. Good. Don't lose it. I pray you never have to use it, but it's better to have it just in case. Michael knew the type of men who rode these trains. He knew that some of them had no qualms in taking advantage of both Michael and Raven. I see you picked a back seat. Good idea. Yeah, my father taught me well. Michael smiled. He obviously didn't teach you not to be a smart aleck. He tried, but it didn't take. Are you sure you want to marry this guy? Her herdies can be quite stubborn, Michael said, looking at Raven. Yes, sir, I do. 
After all, I think he came by his stubbornness honestly, and I think he turned out wonderful. Thank you. I believe you will be good for my son. Just remember, sometimes the Oceanian man need to be reminded that they're not God. Promise me, though, when you remind him, you'll do so with love. I will, sir. I promise. Michael shook his hand, son's hands for perhaps the last time. He left the train and stood with the others as the train pulled away from the depot. He saw Michael Jr. and Raven looking out the windows, waving. As he waved back, he thought of when he and Katie had boarded the Morgan and had waved back at Tom, standing on the dock. Back then, he knew that, that deep down, despite what was being said, he would never see Tom again. And now he was having a sim similar feeling, waving goodbye to his son. He stood there for a while after the others had left, until the caboose of the train had disappeared into the distance, and the last smoke had blown away. He put his hand in his pockets, raising color up to block the cold wind, which was still coming occasionally from the northeast, and started headed started to head toward home. It felt like a storm might be coming, but that was nothing compared to the storm that he expected when he got home. Katie had said goodbye to Michael Jr. at home. She had said it was because she didn't feel well. Michael knew better. He knew that she was hoping Michael Jr. would feel bad and come back home. Despite everything, Katie was still convinced that her son would change her mi his mind and forget about Raven in Boston. Nothing that anyone told her would convince her otherwise. Mom's going to be pretty angry when we get home, isn't she? Dan said, Danny said as he walked beside his father. Yes, I suspect she will be. Danny paused as, as if thinking for a moment and said, Well, she's wrong. Raven's the best thing that could have happened to Michael. She'll make him a better man. I know, son. But sometimes we can only see what we want to see. Your mother's a good woman. But this is one of her blind spots. Everyone has one. And this is your mother's. And it's an ugly one. <laughs>